Hi, Filmatics. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Joe St. Pierre. And as you can tell from the music, my superhero music, I'll give you a hint. Joe is a graphic writer, artist, and commercial artist who has illustrated characters from Spider-Man to Venom to Fabian Cousteau. He's also a storyboard artist, and his publishing company, Astronaut Inc., um, has amazing comic books that you got to check out from New Zodiac, The Bold Blood, and The Megahertz. So let's welcome Joe St. Pierre to the show. Welcome, Joe. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's nice meeting you, Marilyn. Yeah, it's so awesome to have a, a comic book writer, publisher. You've worked on so many amazing things. But, I know. And, yeah, I want to ask you, um, our listeners are all around the world. Thank you to our amazing listeners. We're hitting number one in countries, and they're enjoying it. So they probably want to know, where where do you live in the world? Where do I live in the world? I'm just outside uh, Salem, Massachusetts, the uh the notorious witch trial town. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm about a five minute walk from the monument where the uh, the trials actually happen. So it's very spooky in the fall and uh, it's kind of cool. Oh, so, wow. So you're in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, pretty much. So did you grow up there your whole life too? I did not. I grew up in upstate New York uh, near Albany, the little town called Cohoes, New York. Um, and then spent about 20 years in New York City proper, and then I've been popping around from one place to the other and finally settled here uh, probably about 10 years ago now. Ooh, what drew you to Salem, Massachusetts, of all places where the witches are, right? Yeah, probably. Let's let's uh, stick with that. It's much more exotic and uh, exciting sounding. It sounds more <laughs> exciting to say, hey, I was attracted to the mystic the mysticism of the atmosphere rather than, oh, I, I got a job in Salem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Because I was wondering if that had any influence as a comic book writer. You have all those interesting stories and, and you, and you know, if you're working on Venom or um, Spider-Man or the Zodiac or Bold Blood or Megahertz. Did you get any ideas yep. that just like you're walking around and like a little ghost tapped you on the shoulder and said, Megahertz. <laughs> I can't tell you how many ideas that I got. They're kind of still in development. But yeah, I've always been fascinated by this kind of, um, not only this area, but that time period, you know, what caused those kind of things. And uh, I have kind of touched on the subject matter, the witch trials in uh, one of the comic books I, I did some time ago. It was called Secret Weapons. And uh, there was actually a story about the witch trials. But I didn't know anything about it really at the time. You know, I didn't live there. I was living in New York City at the time. And now since I've been here, I've actually been to the um, libraries and done even more research. So I have quite a bit of, uh, you know, kind of minutia about, you know, the processes and what caused the, the hysterics and stuff like that. The political machina machinations, is that a word? That was happening that kind of were... Um, that were colored by this kind of religious mystic kind of stuff so it's kind of sad right like you know you, you like you could get rid yeah. of your enemies and and like oh i want to own their house which yeah you know what i yeah. mean like it's awesome. exactly it's really awesome, exactly. right 
Yeah. Exactly. And how relevant it is today, too, you know, to accuse your enemy of something in order to acquire their property or their power or whatever. It's uh, 100% rele uh, relevant today, don't you think? Yeah. So let's make a superhero that protects those people that are good from the bad people. Oh, wait, wait, you write superheroes. And um, even I write, I write superheroes too for my um, kids podcast, Enchanting Book oh, Reading. Cool. Yeah, if anyone wants to check it out. Maybe we'll have to talk about that. Maybe you can help me draw some and publish sure. some and work together. Sure, Ow. sure. That's what I do for a living. Oh, yep. cool. We'll have to talk to that. So you can hear it first right here. Um, but I have a question because like, um, if... Okay, so you're in Salem. I have to ask you, I mean, because everyone's going to say, ask the question, Marilyn, ask the question. Have you run into any ghosts or anything or seen anything? I have not. No, not in my entire life. But uh, I talk to a lot of people who have, you know, who have, you know, their legs tugged at night and things like that. But uh, I have not had the experience. I'm totally open to it. I think it's possible. <laughs> Uh, I have a character in the new Zodiacs that focuses on that exact subject matter. She's a ghost buster kind of character. So I've always been fascinated by that too. And, uh, um, but I've not had the experience personally. Have you? Um, well, I live in um, Hollywood, West Hollywood. And yes. um, uh, some of the hotels, like, yes, the Roosevelt Hotel, absolutely Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood. Um, I was a bartender and... Um, the the beer you know the beer tap that you have to pull for it to come on mm -hmm. like it would just mm -hmm. come on by itself and like it you would have to pull it forward because like you just moved it a little bit no beer comes out but like oh, no, so no. it was actually moved and but the people that work there the late night crew um uh, there's people that that they say the people that stay in the hotel hear the bugle horn and it's from that actor, uh -huh. forgive me his name, but like some handsome actor, like one of those black and white actors, um, they would uh -huh. hear his horn and then the kitchen staff, things would come on and move, like the burners would be on. And so a lot of people would quit. Oh, I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, there's a fame, I think it's one of the, the guys that do karate. Um, uh, he was staying at the Sunset Hotel. I think they changed the name, but like the Sunset Hotel on Sunset, a famous one, Art Deco. He was in okay. the room. It, it's you know the the guy famous for action um, movies. Uh, one uh, one of those guys. Recent uh, a recent no, back, guy? like in eighties eighties. Oh, um, back in the eighties, like think, a Bruce Willis or an Arnold or somebody. No, like no, that. like I think they actually are karate guys, like you know. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Claude Van Damme. Yeah, like one of those, like like a Claude okay. Van Damme. I'm not sure if it was Claude Van Damme or yeah, I think we're allowed to say it. But he was in his hotel room, and there was a ghost in there. He saw it in the mirror. Oh. He ran downstairs Love in it. pajamas. And they had, he didn't even go back up and, and, and mm -hmm. said, see you later. And he checked out and didn't go back up mm -hmm. to get his things. And then I have to tell you one more because we're on the okay. ghost stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you one more. And then we're going to be talking about you and all your fabulous Spider-Man art penciling. Oh my gosh. Um, so uh, I was at a commercial audition at the Gower Studios. And I guess it's older. It's up the street from Paramount Studios on Gower and Sunset. And we're waiting okay. to go. You know, all the actors are waiting. And there was the, um, the front desk people, the security guys. And they say at nighttime on the, the monitors, they see ghosts walking around. No kidding. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So there's like, I love it. yeah, there's, you know, the, we have got the Queen Mary here, you know, we've got some spooks here. We got some, 
we have some, and then someone said the old black and white theater on um, Fairfax that there's ghosts in there. No kidding. The silent theater, like a lot of the yeah. um, old silent movie stars are still there. On, yeah. yeah. So, okay. I yeah, I love that stuff. I could talk about that all day. Like huh? I said, I have a character that's coming up in um, uh, New Zodiac's Pisces graphic novel that comes out in the fall around Halloween. And she, she's, she deals with exactly what we're talking about here. Like, you know, the, the, uh, uh, ghosts and, um, what are the, the ectoplasmic kind of energies that kind of people leave behind when they pass, you know, and I try to scientifically explain a, a lot of this kind of phenomenon. So, uh, it's like a mashup of sci-fi with horror and that, that doesn't come out until October. But I love this kind of stuff. I can talk about it all day. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to have to get you on Ghostly Things and Strange Things podcast. Oh, yes. The new one coming out. <laughs> there, okay. There's just you. not enough with one because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah the Scorpio in me is like, oh, I, I, I started with um like the murder, like my favorite murder kind of things, but I just uh -huh. couldn't do it. I just couldn't. But like ghostly and stuff like that, like the haunted uh -huh. house, all about it. Strange things, you know, aliens uh -huh. or whatever. Um. Uh -huh mysteries i love that stuff yeah that's just the writer in, in us right so i oh. think so yeah it certainly stirs the imagination oh yeah, yeah. but um, sure. i'd be scared if someone tugged on my feet i wouldn't be able to go to sleep no thanks <laughs> <laughs> i would be awake all night long with the bat and some bear spray <laughs> well the one thing that's kind of cool is that in in you know the research i've done is that there's never been a a death directly from an encounter with a spirit or a ghost there's never been only in horror movies do you see you know things like that you know anyone in, in like real life however real our existence is um you know anyone who's encountered that kind of energy um there's never been any you know fatal harm from it so that's just, one thing you can take with you just some scratches yeah <laughs> couple scratches or you get maybe maybe you you get so scared you have a heart attack or something oh my like that God. but it's, it's not a direct result of interaction with yeah so okay so i want to ask you you said you grew up in um new york so tell yes. me how you you because you you i want everyone to know like how uh, awesome that joe st pierre is he has the distinction of penciling the most number one issues featuring spider-man and the spider-man family when did you start drawing oh geez uh i probably started drawing around four or five officially um i have uh comic books that i made myself that go uh as far back as first grade so um it's something that I, I don't know, seemed to gravitate to naturally and then just fell in love with very early in my life. So I've been drawing, you know, not just pictures, you know, a lot of people just draw a picture or a sequence of pictures. I like to tell stories with pictures. So uh, I've been doing that since, since I can remember. It's pretty crazy. Can you remember uh, that? I got the bug early. Did, can you remember a story when you were a kid? Like what kind of stories did you do? Oh, sure. I had, I had a whole line. When I was 10 years old, I sat down at my coffee table in the summer in between school years. I said, I'm going to start my own comic book company when I was 10. 
and I took two pieces of paper and I just started on the top left and went to the bottom right. And by the time I finished the drawing, I had about 10 different characters that I decided I was going to draw comic books with. One of them was uh, Super Clown. He's one of my earliest ones. He's like a superhero clown that protected the circus. <laughs> and I had, uh, let's see. Uh, That's so cute. Goof. And there's a bad, uh, a bat boy. He was like a Batman character, but he was a young boy, probably someone my age at the time, you know, 10 year old boy who kind of had wings like a bat. <laughs> and uh, there's a space goof. I had aliens very early in the process. He was, his name was Space Goof. So uh, I could go on and on and on. Okay. So, okay. So was anybody in your family a writer? Like what was your mom and dad or brothers? Uh, my mom... My mom was uh, growing up. She she was a, a housekeeper. Uh, she kind of took care of the family. There were four of us in the family, and she did, she got a job uh, later as we all kind of grew up. But uh, my dad worked in a paper mill, which was very convenient for somebody like me who liked to draw. So he would bring home stacks and stacks of paper that I just go bananas on. You know, just draw all the time. It wasn't a heck of a lot for me. I wasn't very athletic, so it was a small town kind of scene. And so the, you know, the creative instinct to kind of just expand my imagination and just start drawing that I just naturally fell into that. Um, I think I won a first prize in kindergarten class. We had a Halloween. We're coming back to the Halloween stuff, the, the trick or treat and the, the, uh, the eerie stuff. Um, for Halloween, we had a contest. Uh, to draw and decorate your own pumpkin out of paper, right? So there's a, we had these orange sheets of paper. We cut out the pumpkin shape, and we design our own jack-o'-lanterns, you know, as a picture. And the whole class would hang their their pictures on the wall. And I got first place because mine mine was the only jack-o'-lantern that had like a goatee and a full beard. <laughs> a goatee and a full beard. Everyone else is drawing triangle eyes, you know, and circle eyes and jagged teeth, you know. But my guy had a beard. He was a fully developed hippie uh, jack-o'-lantern. So, ah. so I seemed to take to it and was rewarded for my expression very early in life. So I kind of just went towards that. Ah, and then did you go to um? Did you go to college then, or like how? Where did you? What was your next step? Um, well, um, I did go to college. Um, I went to Pratt Institute for two years. That's in Brooklyn, New York, and I went to the School of Visual Arts for two years. I transferred over, over to SVA because they had a comic book curriculum that was specific towards writing and drawing your own comics. So um, when I was at SVA, I was taught by a very, um, a very prominent historic uh, comic book artist and creator. His name is Will Eisner. Uh, he created um, a series in the uh, 50s called The Spirit, which is like, you know, a historic series. He uh, revolutionized the way to tell stories with pictures. So he was my teacher for um, a year. And uh, I learned a heck of a lot from him. He was really inspirational to listen to. Oh, right. wow. So your teacher was what, Will Eisner? Will Eisner was his name, yeah. And he created yep. the spirit. What was the spirit about? I think I just saw old black and white film of that. I... Yes, there was one. Frank, uh, another comic book artist, Frank Miller, uh, adapted the spirit 
property for movies, and that came out uh, maybe ten years ago now. I forget, um, but yeah, that's a you have a good memory. Um, uh, so the the spirit was basically a detective who kind of um, I guess his story is that um, he was somehow killed by uh, the mob or something like that, and somehow came back to life. And when he came back to life, he wore a mask all the time. He was basically a suit and tie with a hat, but he had a mask, like a domino mask that was distinctive. And he kind of helped the cops, you know, solve these kind of exotic crimes. Kind of like, you know how Dick Tracy had like these kind of odd or unique villains? The spirit had like a rogues gallery of villains like that too. They were kind of little, they were unique, you know, they weren't just regular characters. Oh, and I then, love it. So Will Eisner just revolutionized the way to tell a story with pictures. You know, he just he uh, he brought a lot of visual devices and page designs that really uh, kind of revolutionized the field. Yeah, not that, many people even today use those techniques, even though they're fifty or sixty years old now. That's an amazing chance because I think it's really beautiful yeah. when you meet someone that can be your mentor or your teacher that has yeah. all this master craftsmanship and yeah. um, are just can share it with someone and groom someone else to bloom and nurture them. That's beautiful. Yeah, I equate it with like uh, the equivalent of having Jimi Hendrix as a guitar teacher. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. It's like Jimi Hendrix brought things to uh, record recording that people still struggle to duplicate today. So Eisner was like the comic book equivalent of Jimi Hendrix to me. That's the comparison I always make. And yeah, um, and um, can you tell us anything about him? Do you have any funny stories? Uh, not so much funny stories. He was kind of a, he wasn't particularly dry, but he was, uh, you know, very focused. He'd just come into class and he would give a lecture. And I'd walk out of there like ah, wide-eyed, like I can't wait to get home and start drawing. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't recall a specific oh. like funny thing that he did. It was a while ago too. My memory's not as great as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were you went to Visual Arts College. Now, what um, what was the name again? And, and this is School where of Visual Arts SVA. It was on Twenty Third Street in uh, New York City. Okay, so that's one of the big boy ones, right? Yeah, it was pretty prominent. And especially at the time, this is <clears throat> over 30 years ago now, it was, it was, you know, one of two or three classes, uh, schools, universities that taught comic book art specifically, you know, storytelling through comics. Um, so uh, now there may be many more. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it. But at the time I was there, it was maybe, I can think of two other schools that specialized in now, comics. did you have to try out? Like, did they look at your um, your portfolio? Yeah, and I was coming from Pratt, so I had a, <clears throat> excuse me, I was coming from Pratt, so I already had kind of, you know, a portfolio of material and stuff like that kind of already stocked up. So it was a pretty easy transfer when I, when I uh, did it. Was the clown, was the clown included? <laughs> The clown was not in that. <laughs> Super clown was retired when I hit uh, puberty, I think. <laughs> Super clown. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to ask you, did you have a favorite film growing up? Like, um, what was one of your favorite Oof. films? 
Well, I, I, I've listened to a few of your podcast episodes and a lot of people say Star Wars and you can, I can't deny the influence that Star Wars had. It was just revolutionary. Um, but, you know, over the over the years, I've kind of uh, I still love Star Wars or and Empire Strikes Back. But um, I also like uh, kind of gravitated towards um, movies like Elephant Man. Like I love David Lynch's stuff you know, Twin Peaks, the TV show, and he did the movie Elephant Man. Have you ever seen that one? Yes, yes. Very intense, beautiful acting. Yeah, yeah like, like a beauty Sound design, the, the whole thing. It was a perfect 10 movie for me. I really like that. I go to that a lot for reference. Yeah, and what did you like about the, um, the Elephant Man that stood out in your mind? Like, uh... Uh, Just the whole production, you know, that, like you said, the acting, Anthony Hopkins was great. The I kind of like off-center, you know, eccentric kind of themes. So the idea of the elephant man, you know, someone who had this deformity was, and how he was treated by uh, contemporary society at the time. It was just, you know, it's kind of an exotic lo locale with an eccentric subject matter and something you didn't see every day, you know. And then on top of that, acting, cinematography, even the sound design uh, was real. I, I really uh, love that flick. I think it's great. Do you have a favorite? Oh, oh yeah! Like, oh my gosh! I, I, I like the Bicycle Thief, uh, the, the Postman, oh. El, El Postino, uh -huh. the Postman, uh, uh -huh. La Dolce Vita. I'm not scared. Have you ever seen I'm Not Scared? I have not. It's uh, it's an Italian movie where um I think I write a lot of this the underdog and then like people with low income meeting like people that are aristocrats, and these uh -huh. two boys meet each other and become friends. And uh -huh. they come from two backgrounds. One is like, you know, dirt poor. And the other one is extremely wealthy, like like aristocrat. And they become uh -huh. friends, but they have no idea that their two families are opposite. And their relationship is so beautiful. And um, they have no idea that their families, what their families have done to the boy. It's kind of uh -huh. like... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Romeo and Juliet, like the two families are not, they're not supposed to be together. Right. Right. But um, I'm, I'm not going to give it away, but I just, I cried afterwards. Cause I go, you know, <laughs> well, cause I want to be a director and a filmmaker and a producer. And when you see someone that wrote that and directed that and came up with that, mm -hmm. it's just so moving and beautiful. And uh, you know, yeah. with anything in the criterion collection, I mean, uh, the samurai, oh my God. And Seven samurai. Yeah. That's on my list. I love that. Yeah. One. And there's that love French it. movie when you were talking about the, um, the characters, the French guy, I forget the movie of uh, right the name of it, but the French guy, with the hat and the costumes oh my god it's a french criterion and his costumes the little hat and uh, forgive me for not knowing the name but when we cut the part yeah. two maybe i can look at him up. <laughs> yeah. but yeah but the stylization of his his the suit and he was so handsome and uh -huh. and being chased and oh uh -huh. my gosh yeah so how far back does i'm not scared go because i will i will chase that down yeah um i think it's called in color so yeah yeah okay yeah i won't tell you the ending or what's about because um yeah yeah don't tell me the ending just mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. know it's one of those little and the, oh the big camel have you ever seen the big camel the, the no, big the big animal the big animal big animal the big animal yes because you were talking about the um super clown and the circus well <laughs> this this uh, camel is left behind in the circus and there's this old couple and he comes to their window and it's abandoned by the circus. So it's like one of those stories that's like 
a, a story that the um the subject matter and the relationship between the married couple and the animal and its drama it's just wow like how do you write something like that how do you direct something yeah. like that how do you have anyone interested yeah. in that like it's yeah. one of those wow my gosh yes masterpiece i'm not worthy yeah. to even say i want to be a writer director producer actor when you see those things yeah 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 it's intimidating right when you see something that's so good you uh it's like that with art as well. Like I see a, an artist or read a story that's so impressive that it's like, oh, I don't feel like I could do this anymore sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah, but. but we have our niches. Like my niche is definitely children's, you know, I've been entertaining kids. Knock on wood. Thank you, everyone. It's the top 1% global kids podcast and chanting book readings. So you find your forte. You find what you're good at. You find that like my little Elmo, little kids are going, you sound like Elmo. I go, I'll take that. I'll take that. He's world icon. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the little the little boy goes, you sound kind of like Elmo. And I'm like, oh, you're the best. I love you. Yes, that's such a compliment. I was going to say, if you weren't all, already doing voice work like that, I would say run to the nearest animation studio. Your voice is perfect for it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Well, the kids are, are giving me love on the channel. Like, the, like our audience is giving us love here. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm going to ask a little bit, um, you know, and I want our audience, cause we're going to do a two parter, maybe even a three parter with, um, Joe St. Pierre, because you have, I mean, they're going to be like, get to the Spider-Man, just get to the Spider-Man. We want no, to talk about the Spider-Man. Spider yeah, we're not even at Spider-Man. We're not even how, like, you know, you even started working for Marvel. Like we've got so much. We haven't even got to your, to your comic books, the Zodiac and Bold Blood or Megahertz. We've got so much to talk about, but maybe we can get in like, um, because you do, you are natural director and writer. Because when you storyboard out, you you got director. So I'm going to ask you, what's one? Who's one of your favorite directors? You can include many because we love directors, and you know we have directors on this show. We have awesome, the bomb directors on this show. We're so happy to have them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, for for uh, expedience' sake, because we're running uh, short on time, let's stick with Lynch. I just love what he does. I really do, and I have an affinity for writer directors because they their their um, their vision feels more clear a lot of time. So uh, you know, Coppola. Whoops, are you okay? Oh yeah. Okay, uh, Coppola, Apocalypse Now. That's another one he wrote, and I think he wrote and directed that. Right? You know, it's just outstanding stuff apocalypse now i didn't know that he wrote on that wait uh, oh wait i'm pretty no, sure he did i could be wrong but oh. i'm pretty sure no no, no. Uh, yeah francis ford coppola because you were talking yes. david lynch because i i i'm yeah i say coppola i might have uh i might have uh, mumbled that in between my <laughs> thoughts but i did say coppola or i thought i did <laughs> <laughs> okay because i was like wait we're at david lynch wait um do yeah. you have any favorite moving shots that you love that you want to Tell moving us. shots mm -hmm. moving directing shots yeah oh that's a good idea yeah what a great question because you because you um, you storyboard so i'm wondering if like there's any favorite shots because when you storyboard you have to do the close-ups and you have to do yeah. like when do you decide on a close-up and when do you decide on a wide shot right like you're well, a director there's a great sequence that comes to mind in um silence of the lambs where they intercut the fbi they thought they had buffalo bill and they intercut the scene where Clarice Starling is investigating what seems like a minor lead in the story. And the FBI are going full bore with all their guns drawn. 
they, they think they found Buffalo Bill's location. And so they're intercutting the scene where the FBI is, is heading for this one location and Clarice is knocking on the door of this, of this like little residential house. And it ends up the whole thing gets flipped that, that Clarice is at Buffalo Bill's house and the FBI have kind of raided an empty location. Do you remember that scene? Oh yeah. That's a flip. It's called a flip cut, right? Oh, is that what it's called? I oh. don't know. If, I didn't know there was a specific oh, no. term oh. for that, but, well, but maybe. That, we'll, we'll name me, it that. that was, <laughs> yeah. That was revolutionary storytelling to me. Like it totally had me, you know, totally, you know, <laughs> had my heart up in my throat when I, when that kind of, concluded i thought that was great great oh. stuff oh yeah we'll talk more directors so um everyone come back to part two with joe st pierre because we want to get to how he started working with marble and uh, penciling and spider-man we have so much to talk about so coming back uh joe st pierre and you might want to check out his publishing company astronaut inc for his brain his smashing best sold out right uh, uh zodiac was sold out right Yes, the, the, we've got uh, multiple printings that are sold out, and I'm relaunching the series now on a Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. So maybe girls, if you like Girls Guide to Investing, go there because we're going to put the show on there as well. Okay, so come back for part two with Joe St. Pierre. We're having so much fun. We, we're not going to let him go, right, Joe? <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. All right, so everyone, thanks for listening, and coming back for part two with Joe St. Pierre. <laughs>